just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Got to tell you, I had a great day yesterday. My cold's starting to subside. I've got some twinges here and there, but for the most part, it's gone. Yesterday, I got to spend the day with my grandkids. It was my granddaughter's second birthday party. It was fucking awesome. You know, in life, you've got to strive for joy. And I got to tell you, my two grandchildren, my granddaughter and my grandson, her brother, bring me more joy than I could possibly imagine. I feel very fortunate every time I get to spend time with them because they're great people. My two top favorite people are those little kids. Anyway, we're starting a new week, and no doubt there's going to be more of the same shit show that we've become accustomed to, whether it be Kevin McCarthy, the Ukraine war, Marjorie Taylor Greene, whatever else is going on. We'll do our best to keep you posted as to what's happening and uh, what it really means, as opposed to what you might hear on news networks and television in general. They like to tell you the things that will scare you, make you mad, make you cry, make you happy, but they don't always tell you all the facts. So that's where we try to pick up the slack here on the Rational Boomer podcast. Now, of course, we do look at emails that are sent to the Rational Boomer podcast, and thankfully, we've been getting a lot of them lately. I have one for today. This is a good long one, though, and it comes from Bruce. He says, hey, Mike, let me try this, if I may. I never suggested that I had a problem with God. Like Santa Claus, she doesn't exist in my world. Therefore, he or she cannot be held responsible for anything, in my opinion. The issue, as I see it, is with a belief without evidence. Now, he gives some examples. There was a guy who believed that a child pedophile ring was being operated out of a basement of a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. This individual took his AR-15 to the pizza parlor, held everyone hostage because of what he believed. Fortunately, no one died from his misguided belief. Thousands attacked the Capitol of January 6th because they believed that the election had been stolen from Donnie Dumbass. They had no evidence, but they believed, and people died in the incident. Russia went to war in Ukraine because they believed the country was being run by Nazis. They didn't need any evidence, just a belief, and thousands have died, uh, tens of thousands have died, and continue to die. In the past, we burned women to death and made human sacrifices because we believed. Jim Jones, some of his followers, willingly drank the Kool-Aid because they believed and many died. 38 Heaven's Gate members took their own lives because they believed that they would fly away on the Hale-Bopp comet as it passed by. Putin believes that the West is trying to destroy Russia. There's no evidence of ill intent by the West until they invaded Ukraine. In fact, all they wanted to do is peacefully coexist and make this world a better place for all. Now Putin is ready to press the nuclear button because of what he believes. 
Despite the evidence uh, to the contrary, hopefully we all won't die over this misguided bullshit. A belief without evidence is the problem. That's why more people have died in the name of belief than for any other causes. I believe that if we continue down this path, we run a risk. Your thoughts. P.S. Hope you got to go to the party. Take good care and keep up the great work. (laughs) Well, as you know, I did make the party, and thank you for the kind words. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to address this letter. I'm just going to say this up front. We're done talking about religion. I can only speak for what I think of myself, and I don't really have much else to offer in terms of religion, because that's on you guys as to what you believe. I understand your point, Bruce, and you make an excellent point. You sound like a lawyer uh, in writing this note, and I can appreciate that. You're laying out some facts which are true. I think a belief in God is something you really can't compare to Jim Jones or things like that. Here's the thing. You can believe in anything you want, and there are people who do believe in some horrific things. But if I think, but I think there are some things that you have to take uh, as a belief. When you get married and you marry your wife or husband, you have the belief that they're good people and that this is going to be a good choice for marriage. Now, you not only you not, not not always make the right choice, but you got to have that belief. And just because you have that belief with no real evidence doesn't mean it's going to go wrong. It doesn't always go wrong, thankfully. I mean, shit, I'm going on 39 years married, and she's married to me. What could go wrong? Fucking everything could go wrong. But she's a tough lady, and she's a tolerant lady, and uh, she knows how to straighten my shit out. You're right. People that believe things without evidence, like Trump humpers, um, they love to believe without evidence. If you want to address it to God, call it something different. Call it faith. Now, my belief is because I've had some experiences, to me, um, tell me that there is a God. But again, I don't care if anybody else thinks that. It doesn't really matter. I understand your point. Point well taken. <laughs> We're not talking about religion again because it's just, it's, it's just a topic that you can't get anywhere with. And I can't distill it down to facts, because there is a certain amount of faith involved in religion. I think where the problem comes in with religion and beliefs without evidence is when you go to people that aren't God, who have an agenda and will tell you things that aren't true and expect you to believe it out of hand, that's where the problems come in. But again, that is tainted at the hands of a human not God. There's a lot of things that we believe in that we can't see, hear, or touch, air being one of them. But it doesn't, that's a stupid example. There is a place in this world for some faith. I have some faith in my kids, faith in my grandkids, faith in my wife, faith in my family. Could I be wrong? Yeah, I could be fucking wrong. We're all uh, fallible in this world. So, There are times when you can believe in things without evidence. That's called faith, and uh, there's nothing wrong with having faith. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I can walk into a room and talk to somebody, 
And because I know how to read people, I can tell whether this is a good person or a bad person. I have no evidence, but in my mind, I know I'm almost always right. So it's wise for me to believe my gut, even though I don't have actual evidence. I don't know. Take that as you will. We're not talking about religion anymore unless something really unusual crops up because that's not my specialty. That's not what I typically talk about, and I don't have a lot to offer other than what I believe. Um, And what other people believe, it doesn't matter to me. It's too personal to me, and I don't really care if you believe or don't believe or how you believe or how you practice. That's up to you. If it makes you feel better, if it's effective to you, cool. Go ahead and do that. All right, let's get to getting. This story, this story kind of bothers me because it's, well, I'll put it to you this way. Something happened on January 6th, 2021, that Representative Jamie Raskin calls chilling. And when you think about this, you'll agree with him. On the day, January 6th, Donald Trump was angry at Vice President Mike Pence because he refused to do his bidding. Trump wanted Pence to not sign off on the 2020 election certification. Now, Pence never really had a choice in that situation. He didn't have the power to not sign off on the certification. It was more a ceremonial type of thing. But Trump said he did. Trump persisted. And then when Trump, when, when uh, Pence didn't do it, he called Pence a traitor. And he whipped up the crowd, uh, making them believe he is a traitor as well. Trump sent this rabid insurrectionist group to the Capitol and told them to fight like hell. They went to the Capitol with the intent of killing, hanging, Mike Pence. Hell, they brought their own gallows. Now, some might say, well, it's speculation that they were going to kill Pence. They were actually looking to kill Pence and Pelosi. And the only evidence we have, (laughs) here we go, Bruce, belief with evidence, is this is exactly what they fucking said. These are the signs they held. They brought a gallows. Their intent was to kill Mike Pence. Here's the interesting thing. Secret Service obviously protects Mike Pence when he was vice president and probably still today. Now, the Secret Service got around Mike Pence, who was in the Capitol, as the Capitol's being attacked. They took Pence and they brought him downstairs to the basement in the garage. And they told him to get in the car and they would get him the hell out of there. Seems all pretty reasonable, doesn't it? That seems like the wise choice. Get Pence in the car. Get away from the Capitol as quickly as you can. But here's the deal. Pence refused to get in the car. He chose to stay in the Capitol while it's being attacked as opposed to getting in a car with the Secret Service. Now, why do you suppose that is? Well, I'm sure Mike Pence's mind was whirring around at about 90 miles an hour. He was concerned. He was probably scared. He knew these people didn't like him and wanted to do him harm. He knew that Donald Trump was behind it because he sent him there, and he's the one that told them that Pence was a traitor, even though Pence had no choice in the matter. 
He knows that Trump wants him dead. So we've got the Secret Service with Mike Pence, and they want to put him in the car. But the Secret Service works for Donald Trump. His mind started worrying and think, okay, if I get in the car, what happens? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to kill me? Are they just going to kidnap me so I can't be anywhere around to certify the election? They'll try to delay it that way. So Mike Pence really didn't know what to do in that situation. So instead of getting in the car, he said, nope, we're staying here. Now, some people will say to me, well, that's just speculation. You can't say that. Well, it is to a certain extent. Like Bruce said, I don't have, well, I do have evidence that they wanted to kill Pence. But the question and the chilling part of this isn't that we believe that that's what Donald Trump was going to do. We outsiders, we people that are just sitting in our living rooms watching this on television, that's not the chilling part of it. The chilling part of it is that Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, an insider in the inner ring with Donald Trump, he believed it. He believed it. He dealt with Donald Trump. He dealt with the administration. And when it came to get in the car with the Secret Service, he had to stop and go, wait a fucking minute. This could be a trap. One thing for us to say it, but for Mike Pence to say it, and Mike Pence to believe that, well, that, in fact, is chilling. Not only for Mike Pence, but for this country, too. I mean, it seems like with Mike Pence in the garage at the Capitol during the insurrection, deciding not to get in the car because he feared for his own safety at that point from his own people. That sounds a lot like uh, mafia, doesn't it? Isn't that how they always kill people in mafia? They take their best friend, drive them in a car, and shoot them in the back of the head? Now, I'm not saying that's what was going to happen. But I bet you, at the very least, Donald Trump would have put him someplace for a couple of days just so he couldn't sign the certification, give him some chaos, give him some uncertainty so he could try to pull some other bullshit trick out of his ass. That, to me, is very chilling. That's not something we would expect out of our government. That sounds like a third world banana republic where some dictator is killing his opponent or somebody that's, uh, uh, that's working against him and just killing him or disappearing him or whatever they're going to do. Now, I don't know if that's what they were going to do. Probably not. But it's really scary to think that Mike Pence was worried about that. If anyone should know what's possible or what might happen, it would have been Mike Pence. But damn it, he was scared. And because he was scared, we should be scared. All right, moving on. Here's an interesting and kind of troubling story. It comes out of Santa Ana, California. There was a YouTuber out there who was video recording a police action in the city. You're seeing this all the time on TikTok and YouTube and all this stuff. Uh, there's so many bad things that have gone on with police officers killing innocent people or brutalizing innocent people. There's now everybody with a video camera videotaping almost every police action. 
And I know it bugs the police, but let's be honest, if they were doing the job properly, that shouldn't bother them. Although, I will tell you this, I watch some of this on TikTok, and I see them over and over and again, these guys going in, kind of taunting the police, and the police taunting back, and the police behave badly, but the videographer is just trying to create some content, and it's the same shit over and over again. I get tired of watching it after a while. But this was a weird situation. On this night in Santa Ana, the police were dealing with a situation on the street. And this YouTuber is recording it. Except there's something weird about what this police officer is doing. He's doing something strange. He's at the stop. He's got his door open. He's got his stereo on. And it's loud. He's blasting Disney tunes on his car stereo. Now, why would he do that? That seems weird. Well, when the YouTuber posts a video and there are these Disney songs playing on the video, what inevitably is going to happen is Disney's going to come tell YouTube to take it down because of copyright infringement. So once the video goes up, Disney will take it down, and that's why the cop was doing it. That's kind of a, a sneaky way to try to get people to stop videotaping him, or at least not allowing it to get on the Internet. What, what's troubling about this is why does this cop feel a need to do it? Now, I'm sure it's very annoying and irritating when you come to a stop and you're just doing your job and somebody with a video camera is shooting you everything you do. Which is perfectly legal. I know a lot of police officers don't think it is, but in fact, it's a First Amendment right, and it's perfectly legal. Any cop that argues with these people about this typically get reprimanded and told to shut up, because as much as they don't like it, it's perfectly legal. But this guy was so annoyed, he decided to scam the system a little bit. What he's doing is playing the Disney tunes, so once they put it up on YouTube, they take it down because of copyright infringement. And what's troubling is, why did this guy put so much time into this idea and then put it into action just so anybody that shot a video of him would not stay online? As I said before, if you're a cop and you're doing your job properly, being videotaped shouldn't be a big deal. Hell, they all have body cams on now. So what's the big difference? What are you worried about? Are you just annoyed by these people and you want to make it difficult for them? Or are you afraid they're going to pick up some activity that you normally do that isn't quite ethical? I don't know. Now you would probably think, well, they can't do that. There's got to be a way around this, and there is. Of course, what's, what happens is these YouTubers or other people that are supporting this will take it to court and plead the First Amendment. They have a First Amendment right to videotape these police officers in action. And when the police officers do what they're doing with the Disney tunes, that takes away their right. And it's intentional by the police department. They know exactly what they're doing, and there's got to be a reason for it. And it can't be a good reason. Why are you so worried about being videotaped? Well, the city council got a hold of this, and they said, yeah, we're not fucking doing that anymore. We're your boss. You cops cannot do this anymore. 
And the city council wasn't doing it because they were just mad at the police officers. They know enough that they're going to be sued for First Amendment rights, and they're going to lose, and it's going to cost the city a lot of money. So they're making these police officers back off about it. But to me, these people have to be of the Trump-humper elk because that's that's what they do. They come up with these little ploys or ways to own other people. It's very childish. It's very ridiculous. And it's usually the Trump-humpers, the trump the Republicans that play this game. They all want to hide everything they do. They all want to cover up everything they do and say. And that's exactly what this cop is doing in this situation. I got to believe there's other police departments and police officers around the country that are trying other options. I know from seeing these videos on uh, on TikTok and other places that uh, cop after cop comes up and says, you can't do this and tries to grab the phone. And then, of course, it's taken to somebody higher up who knows the rules. And this guy, this cop is made to look like a fool. All that means is he's going to go on the street again tomorrow and be angry at everybody he sees, especially those folks with uh, the videotapes. Now, he's not going to be able to stop them anymore, of course, because he's already been reprimanded by his higher up. But you can bet he's going to be targeting these guys, looking for them to slip up just once. And then they're going to take them down hard. This is the problem with our police departments. It's not just the police side. I mean, the police should be more um, accountable because they're the authorities in this situation. They carry the guns. They have the ability to arrest people. But what we have on the streets right now is we have police that are either arrogant and want to start trouble or they're very anxious because they're waiting for something to happen. They're afraid somebody's going to jump them, shoot them, take video of them, or whatever. So we got both sides antagonizing one another, and it always turns into a fucking mess. Somehow we need to tone this down on both sides, because while they're fucking around doing all this stuff, crimes are being committed, and there's no time to address those issues. So as much as I believe the video people have their right to do that, if they are taking away from the services of the police officer or the attentions of the police officer, that is a problem. But at the same time, if police officers are doing something wrong, it'd be nice to have the video. It's a weird situation. We've got to figure out some kind of working relationship. If I'm a cop and I'm doing a good job and somebody's taking a videotape of it, I'm going to welcome it because I want every bit of proof that I'm doing my job properly because inevitably somebody, some, uh, some person that you're arresting is going to make some claims that aren't true. As much as cops do some bad things, criminals do bad things too. It's kind of like a big pissing contest where nobody wins and all it creates is chaos and uh, uh, drama. And then you've got a lot of other crimes that go unchecked. I don't know. It's a hard situation. It's one of many hard situations in our country right now. And uh, there was a time when we had politicians and leaders of all types were able to take a problem, figure it out, compromise, and get some resolution to it. 
Nowadays, it seems like there are no leaders, there are no politicians, there are no people out there that want to compromise at all. All they want to do is to own the other guy and ultimately try to win it all. But nobody wins it all. So that's why compromise is important. Try to get it work out. Try to maintain some kind of relationship between the two crowds where they're not going to get in a fight or a shootout every time they confront one another. There's a lot of work that needs to be done with the police departments. And we need people on the streets acting a little bit better. Now, I'm not discounting those people that were completely innocent, that were killed or injured by cops. There is no fucking excuse for that. And I'm thankful there was video for George Floyd and some of the other situations. Because those things would have gone under the wire and nobody would have heard about them without that video. There's got to be some happy medium. Cops that do the job they're supposed to do and video people that stay out of the way but keep some accountability. Keep the cops with some accountability by doing their videos. I have no problem with people shooting videos. That is their right. They should be allowed to do it. And if the cops just did what they're supposed to do, we got no problems. No fucking problems at all. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Well, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren spoke out today and it was a doozy. It was a mouthful. Elizabeth Warren called Kevin McCarthy a liar and a traitor. You're probably saying yourself that, uh, yeah, well, everybody's calling him a liar and a traitor. What's the big deal if uh, Elizabeth Warren does it? Well, she's a U.S. senator, and they don't usually do those sorts of things. It's pretty inflammatory, and there's a lot of room for argument. And as much as she is accurate with the statements, It is very unusual for a sitting senator to say something like that about a sitting representative who is also a leader in the House of Representatives. It just isn't done. I think it's kind of an unwritten rule. They don't tear into the other ones too badly. I mean, they will argue, they might even call names, but to flat out say the minority leader in the House of Representatives is a liar and a traitor. And that's something you might hear out of a Republican, out of Donald Trump or something like that. But in normal conditions, politicians just don't do that. But that will tell you a little bit about how serious Elizabeth Warren is about how she feels about Kevin McCarthy. And of course, this is about Kevin McCarthy's conversation with Liz Cheney when he spoke about using the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump after the uh, January 6th insurrection. He also said that he planned to try and encourage him to resign. Of course, he denied saying that. But then, of course, the recording came out and uh, he came off as a flat out liar and, yes, a treasonist. They out and exposed McCarthy as, in fact, a liar and a traitor. There's no two ways about it. Warren said that it is really the illness that pervades the Republican leadership right now. They say one thing to the American public and something else in private. And then she suggested that Kevin McCarthy should resign. Those are some big words. Them's fighting words. The problem is, is the Republicans can't argue that fact. It's not like there's any gray area. Uh, There's no debate over this. This actually happened. 
Republicans want you to believe it's no big deal. But that's, it's not only a big deal, it's a great danger to this country. It's time that the DOJ act on these things. If there is any accountability, if there is no accountability, there is no rule of law. And that's kind of a big thing. I was watching the news today, and I found it kind of interesting. Uh, They were talking to a, a representative leader in the House of Representatives commenting about this Kevin McCarthy situation. It happened to be Tom Emmer, who was from my state, Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is largely Democratic, but we have areas where there are Republican, uh, heavy Republican areas, heavy Trumplican areas, for that matter. And Tom Emmer is in one of those areas. Never liked Tom Emmer. He just seems like a loudmouth braggart bully. I wish I'd have the opportunity to interview him because it wouldn't be a pleasant experience for him. He was being interviewed, and he was asked about the situation with Kevin McCarthy. He says something, he says he didn't say it, then he's absolutely proven that he did say it. He did say that he was going to ask Donald Trump to resign. He did say they were looking for ways to use the 25th Amendment to get him out of office. He did say that. He denied it, and then he was proven wrong. Well, they're talking to Tom Emmer about this, and because he's from my home state, I was hoping for a little better, uh, I don't know, a little better out of him because he's out of the Minnesota, the middle part of the country, and he's not some southern Trump-pumping trump fuck, but apparently he is. Because as he's hearing this conversation and being asked this question, he kind of laughs it off and says, oh, you know what, we've got this triple digit uh, whatever and the inflation and, and, and jobs and all this other shit. This happened a year and a half ago. I don't know why we're talking about it now. Really, Tom. Now, if there's anybody in Minnesota that listens to this podcast and happens to know Tom Emmer, you can tell him for me to fuck right off. The audacity of you saying something like this. Did you think Pearl Harbor was something we should just let go? Or 9-11, should we just let that go? Forget about it? But somehow you think when domestic terrorists come to the Capitol with the intent of overthrowing our government, and he's, they're being incited by the President of the United States, you have the audacity to, to say, that's not a big deal. Why don't we let that go? We got inflation. Now, you are either evil or fucking stupid or both. Tom Emmer's been around here in Minnesota for some time, and he's very typical of the Republicans. He would never sit down with somebody to answer the hard questions because he can't. He can't answer the hard questions. How he gets reelected, I don't fucking know. But uh, I'm embarrassed to know that he's from the state of Minnesota and he's caught up in the same bullshit gaslighting that all the other Trump fucks are. But you have to understand, this is their only defense. You've got Kevin McCarthy coming out proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a liar and a traitor. We're hearing Mitch McConnell knew about this attack on the Capitol well before it happened. Never said a word. Never said a word. We're hearing Donald Trump 
never ta- contacted the uh, Secretary of Defense about um, uh, putting together the National Guard, uh, even though he'd been told a number of times that there's going to be violence at the Capitol. These people not only deny it now, they refuse to do anything when they knew there was going to be a problem. You know why Donald Trump didn't do anything. Because these insurrectionists were working for him. He was hoping they would be successful in overturning the election, overthrowing the government, or at least delaying the certification. He wanted this to happen. So why send somebody to stop it if this is your end game anyway? Now, anybody who looks at this and sees all the evidence knows this. And if you have any integrity or credibility at all, you'd say, you know what, that's my party, but that's wrong. That's not good for this country. So I'm going to disagree with it. But guess what? Very few people did. Kinzinger and Cheney did. Uh, But everybody else got on board and voted. Even Mitt Romney, who would say he was taken aback by some things that Donald Trump did, he never went all in and fully against Donald Trump. He had no courage. He had no integrity. The The thing about it is, is as I've said, it's either evil or stupidity or a combination of both. People are always saying that the trump the Republicans, are a um, uh, a cult. And to be perfectly honest with you, if you know anything about cults, how they're behaving is exactly like a cult. For the life of me, I don't know how Donald Trump built a cult. He's not a bright man. He's not a great orator. He's not even somebody that comes through with anything to prove that he's valuable. He just doesn't fucking do it. But still, these people follow them. And I think it really has to do with, you know, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism. Finally, they've got somebody who's speaking their language. They've been pushed down for years because, for whatever reason, good people in this country don't like racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, violence, white supremacy. Those people are against it. But these people are for it. So once they had the opportunity, an open door to start talking They took hold, and now they're fucking running with it. And even though we're sitting here on the precipice of all these people being exposed and done away with, they're still doubling down. It's truly amazing to me. If I'm a Republican and I'm in this situation and I see what's going on now, I'm going to say to myself, we're not long for this world with this ideology. Maybe I better back out of it now and save myself. Otherwise, I'm going to go over the cliff with the rest of the lemmings. But for whatever reason, they don't fucking get it. They just do not get it. And that's why you have to look at it as a cult, essentially. Because what else could it be? People who are supposed to be intelligent, who are supposed to be educated are working against their better judgment. They're working against the truth, what's right, and uh, common sense. For whatever reason, they are continuing to go against all of that. And that makes no sense to me. So that's why, to me, it's got to be a cult. It's got to be an issue of being a cult. Because if it's not, they're just stupid. 
Now, I grant you, they're probably stupid. That's the funny thing about uh, if you look at uh, representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives, you're under the assumption that if somebody rises to that level and becomes a politician, that they're bright and decent. Well, in the last five years, we found out that is just not the case. There's nobody in the world that can tell me that Jim Jordan is righteous, decent, truthful, and acting like an adult, because he's not. Neither is Matt Gates. neither is Paul Gosar, Louis Gohmert, Lauren Boebert, all these fucks. It reminds me about when I was a little kid, you know. You're 10, 12 years old. You see all these adults. And you're taught to respect adults because somehow, someway, once you become an adult, you learn all the things you need to know. You know what's right, and you should be respected for that. One of my first disappointments in life was when I was a kid, there was always these kids that were bullies. There were these kids that were dumbasses. There were these kids that got picked on. There were these kids that were smart. There were kids that were just normal. And when they grew up and became adults, guess what? There was no transformation. There was no additional knowledge added to their minds. Their personalities were pretty much the same. So when you got to be an adult, there was still dumbasses and bullies and fucking smart people and fucking dumb people and assholes and jerks. Apparently, we never change. And people will always say, well, my dad was like this, so that's why I'm like this. My contention is this. When we all come of age and become adults, we are smart enough to know what is wrong and what is right, what is truth and what is lies. If we're an adult and we're intelligent, we can delineate those two things and pick the right thing, regardless of how we were raised or where we grew up. I grew up in a house with a father that was racist. I'm the furthest thing from racist. I believe everybody should be treated equally. And thankfully, I had a mom that instilled that into me, too. So I kind of had to balance that out. But people who claim that I am this way, I vote Republican because my dad, my granddad, my great-granddad voted for Republicans. That's not a good excuse. You're an adult. You can make informed choices. You can make good decisions based on facts and what's true. But they refuse to do it. They just fucking refuse it. All right, let's get to the next topic at hand. This one, we're going outside the country, and there's a reason I'm doing that. We have, uh, we, we've been hearing about this election in France. Emmanuel Macron is the incumbent and a known commodity in France. Uh, he seems to be a relatively decent guy. I don't know enough about him to really make a judgment, but he seems decent and he seems smart enough to be disappointed, troubled and hate Donald Trump. So that's good enough for me. Now, his opponent is a far right candidate for France purposes. Uh, her name is Marine Le Pen. Now, Marine Le Pen is basically a French female Donald Trump. Not to mention, she's good buddies with Vladimir Putin. Yeah, she's a trump fuck fascist just like Donald Trump. It's not that she 
wouldn't have would have any effect on this country because she really wouldn't have any effect on this country if she became president of France. But we don't need another nutcase like this in power in the world attempting to fuck up NATO because she's not a fan of NATO. And the fact is, because NATO is so unified and strong right now, thank you to Joe Biden. This is, believe it or not, this has made Ukraine less worse than it could be. Now, it's pretty horrific in Ukraine. There's no question about that. But without that unity, Vladimir Putin would feel emboldened to do just about anything. That's why, through Donald Trump, he was trying to weaken NATO. When he attacked Ukraine, he thought that would uh, would uh, um, weaken NATO, but it didn't. It did the opposite. So now he's stuck between a rock and a hard place and doesn't know where to fucking go. Now, France isn't as big or an important or powerful country as the United States, but can you imagine if we've got a new leader there that uh, is now in NATO but thinks like Donald Trump, is buddies with Vladimir Putin, that's going to cause some havoc, some chaos within the NATO ranks and within Europe. It's going to cause some big problems. The thing about it is, is we as a country... We are kind of the leaders of the country. People look, other countries look to us to see what the future holds. That's why it's absolutely crucial that we do everything we can do to get rid of these radical right fascists. Because if America becomes a fascist state, all the others have an opportunity to fall by the wayside. America is a leader. They kind of follow what the leader does. So we have to set the example. We have to be a role model. We haven't been a good one up to this point, having Donald Trump as president and seeing what the Trump fucks are doing with white supremacy and all these other things. We've not been a good role model. And to be honest, with the rest of the countries, they've been kind of confused and scared. It's kind of like I was, I was at a party one time I was with one of my big friends, a football player, and uh, there was a guy who harassed a friend of ours who happened to be black, and he was a racist biker or whatever. And when that happened, my friend, who was the big football player, uh, walked over and uh, talked to him a little bit. And as they're talking, this little smaller, dumpier motorcycle guy punches our guy Right in the face, and it's snowy and icy. He's got boots on. He falls right on his back. That moment that happened, I'm looking at my friends. I go, "Uh oh, that's our biggest guy. We got a problem now." Well, fortunately, my big guy got up, finished the fight, and it was fine. But you see what I mean? When the biggest, um, strongest person in your group or country in your group falls by the wayside, falls into fascism, that sets a totally different vibe in the world and kind of puts a lot of other countries at risk. So that's why it's important right now, first of all, that Macron beat Le Pen. He won with a 58% uh, vote. So would she have about 40% or so? So he beat her pretty handily. 
The thing about it is with the French uh, elections, it seems like every election is four or five years. You have the moderates or the liberal against these radical rights. Now, the radical rights lose every fucking time. They lose every time. But here's the weird thing. Each election, they get a bigger audience. They get closer and closer. They weren't close enough to compete as yet. But if that trend continues over the next 20 or 30 years, they might build enough power to overtake the moderates or the liberals and put in a radical right candidate as president of France. And that's going to cause a mess. And one way we can help to avoid that and make sure that doesn't happen is to handle the um, radical right fascist we have in this country now with swiftness and uh, with strength. It's not enough that we can set them off to the side and let them fade away. we got to fight back on these people. And the way we do that is with the DOJ by indicting some of these people with the insurrection and uh, some of these other issues that they've been involved in. That's kind of where we are at this point. A lot's going to be hanging over the head of Merrick Garland. Now I'll get a lot of people say, oh, Merrick Garland's not doing anything. That's not true. He's doing a lot. There's a lot of investigations that we're finding out now about. There's other things that we're finding out about that the DOJ is doing. There was one point, you know, a few months ago, we didn't know anything that the DOJ was doing. And as far as we knew, they were doing nothing. Well, at least we're getting some information out now, and they are doing some things. They may not be doing it as quickly as you like or I like, but they are doing some things. They almost have to do some things. When a country gets almost overthrown, this is a time when the DOJ has to set aside all concerns and all uh, potential delays and just go after it. I'm convinced he will. It may not happen as quickly as we like, but what we're seeing is these televised hearings coming up, all this evidence coming down, and uh, the DOJ is going to start popping up with some indictments. Now, people will say Donald Trump will get away free and clear. It's not true. He will not. He may not go to jail. But remember, all the people around him, including his family members, there is no limitations of them being indicted and going to jail. That's probably going to happen. I don't know who or how many, but there'll be several that get indicted, get prosecuted, and ultimately go to jail. Donald Trump, the worst he will be is you know, maybe house arrest or or just destroyed financially and his image gone and, and shamed and told he cannot run for re-election again. If that's all we get with Donald Trump, I guess I'll be happy with that. I'll have to be happy with it because it is what it is. We've got an issue with people in this country and in this world that are tired of the status quo. They are tired of the establishment governments, and they have good reason to be. They are tired of them because it all seems to be rigged. They've got all this power, they feed more money to the rich, and they keep taking money away from us. They aren't there serving us at all, and people are getting pissed about it. That's why Donald Trump got voted for it all in 2016. People were tired of the establishment, and and Hillary Clinton was the epitome of the establishment Democrats. It was who they put against Donald Trump 
and what the media did is why Donald Trump won. We can't make that mistake again. We've got to keep pounding on all these crimes and corruption and all this bullshit over and over again. Um, Obama stepped up and gave a talk and said some rough things about the Republicans. That's cool. But he should have done that a year or two ago when it was going on. He could have set the tone for what people think about this whole situation, uh, but he was quiet. You know, people like Elizabeth Warren saying what she did about Kevin McCarthy being a liar and a treasonist, that's great. But again, it's a little fucking late, and it's only Elizabeth Warren. Where are all these other people? If you're a representative or a senator and you see categorically a um, act of treason, you should be talking about it, whether it's your best friend or your opponent. But why are you just sitting back and relaxing? We've got to control the narrative between now and the midterms, and we're not going to be able to do that if you keep your mouth shut and say nothing. Tired of people being wussies here. you got to step up and push back. It's not about your election. It's about the very, very um, security and future of this country. And if that isn't enough to get you off your ass and get you mad, you shouldn't be in the position. You don't understand the fucking job. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for spending time with me. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and leave a voicemail. I love hearing from you. I hope you have a great day. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.